You are listening to The Three Intuitive Healers with Heather Nicholson, Angela Johnson, and Stephanie Gonzalez. Produced by The Three Intuitive Healers Show. Visit the3intuitivehealers.com for articles and podcast shows discussing our personal insights and sharing our experiences with you. It is our belief that every human is an intuitive and every human has the capacity to heal. We'll take you along with us on a journey of self-growth and healing so you too can open your mind, heart, and life to the healing magic within. Hello, listeners, and thank you so much for tuning into the Three Intuitive Healers podcast show. I'm your host, Heather Nicholson. We have Angela Johnson and Stephanie Gonzalez today, and we're going to be talking about nothing is external. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, fun times on that one. <laughs> How's Planet Heather going? Planet Heather. Planet Heather is uh, experiencing the to this this thought pattern of nothing is external because a long time ago. Well, it's not not too long ago, but I had um, a spiritual leader that I was following, and she um, she was I was talking to her, and she was channeling one of the energies, spirit, and she just looked at me and said, "Nothing is external, nothing. That everything I'm doing is within me, and that I'm doing it." And of course, you know, coming from victim, I was like. So I'm doing this to myself and I flipped my switch on on spirit and I had a few choice words for spirit. Actually, I had hours of few choice words of spirit and telling them where to go stick it and how they should stick it. I was very colorful and I remember just being so upset that I cried myself to sleep and then I woke oh. up in the morning. Yeah, because they were like, Heather, it's not this bad. And I said, I understand that, but you need to give me a moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, because by by the next morning, I was eating a little crow because I felt bad for chewing That's spirit out, cussing spirit out, cussing <laughs> the divine out and my team and the whole nine yards. Yeah. So I never really understood why they said that until recently and going through all these, these, these steps to get me to where I understand this now. And what actually really helped was. Amujam, I was talking to her on her show, her and Michael's show, Living Your Awakening. And I just happened to say, like, I physically feel things so psychically that it's like it's becoming head splitting right now. It's just it's way too painful. And she's like, you got to do a little um, internal asking, like what that's about and a little a little soul searching, basically. And because you might be applying old ways of doing things. And what came up was like the, the wounding, all my wounding, all my past lives, everything was just coming up and I was feeling every single one of it and it wasn't releasing. So it was really interesting. And we perceive that we are vulnerable. We identify with our past wounds, our miscreations, because we think that is who we are. We are actually untouchable. We are invulnerable because we identify with our miscreations. We are a vibrational match for whatever we think and feel, which swings back to nothing is external. It all comes from within us. So basically, I'm not only being a vibrational match for whatever's coming up because of my miscreations, my wounds. So it all it's like one big giant planet. And then as soon as I realized that, that it was my woundings and that I was feeling my wounds and that I was applying old identity 
to to the new Heather that I just had to let it go. And then I started, um, Sandra Walter had her, her presence show that came up on the weekend and she had a lot of decrees that just kind of released everything. If only we could, we could do these. If only I did these decrees before. And then I was like, Oh, look, there's, there's part of that wounding that's coming up. So just identifying like, Oh, I identify as this, like that's part of my wounding. And just by identifying it, Oh, that's wounding it's releasing and going back and I don't even have to deal with it. I don't even have to put a label to it. I just understand that it, that was an old self, an old wounding and it's just releasing. So at the end of everything, it's like Angela once described, she had a beloved and Angela, you, you talked about beloved being, what was your beloved? Uh, so I had, when I was visiting my sister once, as I was going to bed, I had a very clear sort of, one of those visions that gets put into my brain. Um, I'm not daydreaming. I was awake and it was a being in front of me who was scarred. She looked like, uh, I call her she for lack of a better word, because there was really no gender, but someone who had been terribly burned and misfigured. And at first, and it was just like, boom, she, she just was there and then she was gone. I was, I was very aware that there was something else in the room with me. And so over a course of days and weeks, I began to realize this was a part of me, the part that I didn't want to acknowledge, the, the, the shadow self, so to speak. And I did a lot of work and I called her beloved because I learned to love her and not to need to see and see her already as healed. So, um, so that's what Heather's referring to is like this shadow yeah. part of me is what I've come to call her is beloved. Exactly. And so right now I am saying goodbye to beloved. I'm saying goodbye to all my woundings, all my past miscreations so that there is no identity. That's big. It's huge. Um, Just to go back a moment, when you said the healer said that you were doing this Mm -hmm. and that it was not external, what was this? Nothing, nothing is external, anything. No, no, no. Um, it felt like you were saying you were coming to her saying that this was going on. Oh, I was just, I don't even remember why I asked her a question. I had asked her a question of why is this happening to me? Yeah. What was that? This, do you I remember? Don't, I don't, it was like six or seven years ago. Cause I had asked her, I had asked her why, why is this happening to me? Why? I think that's when everything started. I noticed like my psychic abilities, like I had started off seeing everything. And then that's when things started diminishing until where I couldn't see anything. I didn't, there was my psychic sight was going away. So, and I was, I was upset and I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, why is this happening to me? Yeah. And so, and that's when she said, nothing is external. Got it. Heather, can you clarify? I, I guess I don't, I'm missing perhaps the step of before you got to the place where you are now, where you're releasing those mm-hmm. those wounded um, mm-hmm. identities of yourself, how is where's the co- connection where you fully embraced nothing is external? I mean, obviously, without having to reveal you know anything that's that's personal, but what clicked where you no longer needed to hold on to a belief that there was internal and external. I mean, you knew it before you heard it before, but how, how are you grasping it now? Like what, why did it make sense? Like right now? I think because I applied the pain, the, the, the physical pain and trauma that I was feeling 
And it flashed in my head what Amujam said and what what Sandra Walter says, because it like like Angela, it kind of flashed in my head, like the two people talking and then I'm putting it together. And I was just like, it just it just snapped. It's like your clairsentience is like, oh, I know. I know exactly what this is and just went from there of like, this is this, this has everything to do within me. Like I, I just knew, I don't know how to explain it, to quantify it. So before you would have thought it was happening to you and that's where you're talking about, maybe that external that. that yeah. Yeah. Cause when I was feeling, so I, spirit comes to me, I feel them in my crown chakra and it feels sometimes like an ocean wave and sometimes it's very painful when there's a lot of them. And so all your soul history was all my soul history was coming up and it was being presented and being presented to me in a painful way. And one of the other reasons that I that I've learned going through, I think this might be your your question, Stephanie, is when I would see people feeling so grateful, loving, you know, just very Harry Krishna kind of love. And I was just like, why don't I feel like that? And I kept on repeating that every whenever I would see, I was like, why don't I feel that? I know that's how I feel, but I don't feel that. And so it just, it came all tumbling together this last month or two. And so I just applied everything together and it was just like the puzzle pieces all fit together. And I was just like, damn. So, you know, part of part of the wounding, part of the miscreation was, is that I didn't feel safe to be in my body. I didn't know how to say no. And, you know, there's just boundaries and guidelines that were coming up, like stuff in my, like I allowed somebody to cross my boundary. And then all of a sudden I have external sources coming in going, hey, you allowed them to cross your boundary. So now I get to do it. And I was just like, oh, hell no. (laughs) So that was, it's just a lot of stuff. So if you're letting go of beloved, letting go of your shadow side, are you also letting go of the good? Letting go of the good. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? So we always talk about releasing the negative, but if everything is external and nothing is real, then it occurs to me we should be releasing what we deem as the positive too, right? If we're truly letting go of everything. And I was just wondering, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm just curious. Has it occurred to you to also let go of the good? good? No, because I, I don't I don't really see see it as good it just is interesting yeah, yeah. no I don't I don't have like a I, that was just a curious thought I was about yeah. exploring your process there's no I right think I think well I know also on my process I am allowing the energy of what I am forward which is love yeah which is which is allowing the frequencies of love to come forward and I chose because in the past I have chosen not to feel love so mm-hmm. now I am choosing to feel love. I'm choosing to feel humility, all of that, and allowing it to come forward and not and not controlling it to come forward. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it's just whatever I'll sit in meditation and just be and allow my heart center to either show me to send, you know, a song that comes through, whether I'm I I get a movie reel that flashes in my head, whatever comes up, I just sit there and allow my heart center to come up and, and guide me from there instead of trying to control. You know, it pops in my mind when, when you say that, what pops into my mind is like your, your heart is now doing jazz versus like controlled, like orchestra 
director, conductor, like, okay, happy feelings. Now come through love now come through. And you're just like, all right, I'm putting down the baton. Everybody just do your thing. Like just play your music mm-hmm. and kind of like jazz. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. Yeah. Going back to what you said, Angela, which I think you bring up a good point, And I want to kind of clarify how Heather's understanding it. You brought up about what about the good? Because we're talking about releasing negative. Um, some people may deem it bad things. But Heather, you're saying it just is. So that does that mean then, because of course you released what didn't serve you. And is that how you're seeing it? It, it just doesn't serve me at this time. It's not that it's bad. It's right. just not serving exactly. me. Exactly. And the stuff that I am keeping, it's not that it's good, but I don't have an issue with it. It's part of me. It's it's working with me or for me at this time. So it's a non-judgmental place to release or to accept. Is it's that non, how you're just seeing it? Non non-judgmental and controlling. Okay. And controlling. So yeah. if it was it's not controlling. attempting it's- to control, that would be something that would not Surrender. serve you. It's not in your best interest mm-hmm. at this time. Gotcha. I think and it- that may vary going in the future. As you change and more fright, things get shifted, I imagine. I think it allows me to be more in the flow. Per what has happened and now where you are now, what has been the gaining, you know, emotions, the effects? Is Is it emotional? Is it peace no, internally it, it's it's peace it's definitely peace and i remember i remember i was walking around it, it almost felt like a zombie but i wasn't i wasn't void of any emotion it was just <laughs> here i am i'm just sitting in my heart center i don't have any emotions it's neither up nor down there was no swinging back and forth and i just remember observing everybody and just staying in observer mode and i was like this is a trip <laughs> similar to the Tao, to the way, right? You don't push, you just, you don't have intention, you have attention. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. uh, something super present. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's something that I work on in meditation. It's super hard. It's like, you know, oh, I'm going to project my energy. Nope. Just have attention on your heart center and it will do what it will do. Exactly. But play with not having intention as you go through your day, have attention and put your attention on what you would like to have more of, you know, which is and to say that um, when the person cuts you off in traffic, you're not going to have that adrenaline rush. Um, and I didn't. It was yeah. a trip. That's awesome. And, and just like, but if you do, that's okay. Acknowledge it. Then put your attention on something else. Don't ignore that it happened, but just put your attention mm-hmm. on something else. Now, mm-hmm. the danger, of course, is... For those who prefer to spiritual bypass, it's really easy to use that to spiritual bypass, just like to put it in a different context. If you have a problem with disordered eating, it's really easy to be like, no, I only eat clean or vegan or, you know, it's like you can abuse that. But if you can be mindful of it and you're not prone to spiritual bypassing, that can be a really cool thing to just play with attention versus intention and start to take your attention to where you want things to flourish without trying to intend it to get this little spark of good get bigger get bigger no just put your attention on it and let it grow as it will and it sounds like you're kind of living you're embodying that it it feels like that you're just living that you're living the concept of attention versus intention and it's not 24 7 I'll, I'll i'll be the first to say it's not it's not 24 7 yet <laughs> but it ebbs and flows that's for sure but i, I do recognize when it comes up that's really cool i do like your words angela attention and 
intention. I think that's a great description so that a person can kind of grasp both. And I will ask, if not state, that when you're in that place of attention and not becoming uh, committed, involved, um, immersed in, in situations, certainly much easier when you're on your own here and you're meditating or you're in your space. But how does one, like Heather says, it's not 24 seven, how does one use those skills or tools in the everyday world? Because people want us to react. They expect us to react. They want us to be on their side or to support them or to validate their feelings. So people, we, we, we all expect that of each other. If you're having a crazy moment, either if it's euphoria or if it's anger, you tend to expect your partner, your friend, you know, uh, your family member to react with it. If you have great news and someone just says, it's neither good or bad. It just is you know, probably not going to really make the person happy. Same with if you're angry and someone did cut you off and you almost crashed and you come home and you tell your partner and they're just like, but you're perceiving, but your perception you is, is that, that? yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but that's the expectations of us as we right. have one another. So how, how do we stay in it without offending them without, because well, they're not in that head space, right. Or that spirit space. But when you're in that space, you're no longer identifying with that, that miscreation, that wounding. So you're uh, not going to even think of, think about the other person being wounded from, from your, your, for your, for your non-reaction, your non-reaction, but who's, but you're already thinking that there's not going to be a reaction there. You're already thinking that, that you're, you're just going to be mellow, like, Hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> and I can tell you that the no. way spirit reacts to me and whatnot, they're like, that is phenomenal. Did you see that? That is fantastic. So who's to say that we're not going to be doing the same thing, you know, for the happy moments and, you know, when we're angry and whatnot for when the other person's angry or whatnot, just holding a space and listening to them. Yeah. Okay. Well, and that's good clarification because when we hear sometimes that I'm no longer engaged in it, I'm no longer reacting to things, right. we tend to think it's just then it's just a non-emotional uh, meditative Buddha moment. And, and that, you know, it scares people. It, it can scare I, us who's doing it or it can scare others who are around us. So no, you're still human in this moment. I feel like that's a bit of spiritual bypassing. When you see someone who's like, oh, I, I don't really, eh, I don't really react to that. It's like, <laughs> good for you. Kind of wonder <laughs> what you're on. Um, you know, because even like spiritual leaders, I always come back to this. But even Jesus got pissed off, right? It's like, come on. If he can get pissed off, according to the book, or if the Dalai Lama gets angry, you know, all these people who really put in overtime and, and, and like getting themselves in, if they, they still have emotions. So, um, you know, I, so what works for me if, in terms of that sort of dichotomy of, hey, I've just had a spiritual growth. Why isn't anybody reacting to me the way they should? Because I'm now closer to being Zen, right? It takes a long time for your external world to catch up with what your internal world is now putting out. Your external world is the creation, like a pearl, years of layers of layers of energetics being put out from your heart center or however you want to visualize it 
And that's what's created that pearl, right? Now you're saying, oh, well, the sand in the center is different now. Well, great. But we don't live in a world where we can just manifest something immediately. Not yet. Good, because the things I would manifest while I was driving (laughs) would not be a benefit to anybody. So there's a reason we have these safety wheels on. So for me, I don't take this as a sign of, oh, I guess I was wrong. I'm not, I didn't develop or everybody in the world is clearly not a fit for me anymore. I should pick up and move. No, the world has to catch up. And that's why it's really important to have patience and just keep putting out that new energy consistently, keep it up and you will start to see um, a difference in the world. It's like that old metaphor. When you look in the mirror and you're frowning, don't expect the mirror to smile first. You got to smile and then the reflection will change, right? (laughs) Now you got me thinking that would be right. But but you'd be surprised how many (laughs) times we are waiting for the mirror to smile first. So give yourself patience. And so, yeah. And give people time to say, oh, she's not going to be dragged into drama Mm -hmm. over this anymore. Okay. I'm going to have to go talk to somebody else about our nasty little coworker. Got it. You know, so give it time. You you plant a seed in the ground. You don't come out the next day and be like, what up? There's a forest. Really <laughs> yeah. Huh. So that would be um, how I handle things, if that helps anybody. You're bringing up a couple of good things today, uh, Angela. Okay, let's go back to your metaphor. When we're, you know, it's fun to think of the mirror. Like you say, we don't, we sometimes there's that expectation the mirror will smile back at us. And of course, you're thinking of a mirror, looking in the mirror, and that would be very creepy. But going back to what Heather's talking about, that there is no external, that mirror is the person we meet on the street, the person in line, what have you. And yes, it tends to be how will they, react to me, I'll respond to them. Who's going to give the smile first, the hello, what have you. And so that goes back to Heather. If there is no external, these people that are all around us are us Mm -hmm. reflecting back to us, Heather. Yeah. They're reflecting, but the way, the way I see it is, is that as soon as you realize that it was wounding, it's your miscreations that came up, then you stop seeing yourself as wounded and you stop seeing other people as wounded and they're just having a moment. And the truth of who they are and the truth of who I am can kind of have a conversation and it just doesn't, you, you just don't match up basically. And so it, they'll go somewhere else. That's all it or is. Or you will. Or you will. Oh, yeah. It's, it's fine. Somebody like, okay. So I was in this very, very Zen place, very easygoing and I was driving and there was people just going around me and one guy cut in front of me and he realized that he did it a little too like the traffic stopped up ahead so he slammed on his brakes and I had to slam on my brakes I didn't have one reaction and he just went on in his way and he got out of my way so and it it just it just happened that way so and that's you having a choice on how that it didn't fight so what happens as again we try to help our audience and ourselves understand what happens if there is no choice. It's directly in your business, albeit people who work, right? You've got coworkers or what have you, or or clients or what have you, and and they become aggressive or, you know, in your face, you can't escape it. And now if nothing is external and you're not identifying with the wounded self, then 
So if somebody's being aggressive towards you, mm-hmm. this is then there's somewhere in you that there's a vibrational match. Okay, so let's expand there. <laughs> For those of somewhere you, in I, love in the, I love the face Stephanie just gave. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's a well, positive. We, we got it. <laughs> All right, so somewhere in you, vibrational match to that aggression. All right, mm-hmm. so what what are steps? How do we do? We just say okay, that's it. How, how, what do you do? Do we identify it? Do we run from it? Do we try to quickly, you know, release well, this it? this is where do do? your language comes in because how I process mine is I'll identify it like, oh, okay. Like there's a vibrational match. And then I allow my heart center to bring it up. I don't go and try to fish it out. I recognize it that there's something there. And I'll even say there's something there and I recognize it and it will come up. I don't have to go and force myself to go figure it out. Um, that's something similar that I do because I think you're employing your subconscious or your heart, however you want to say, it. you know, when you get your conscious mind out of the way and you surrender mm-hmm. it, it really mm-hmm. gives it a chance to bubble up. Um, what, what sprang to my mind when you asked that question, Stephanie, is what method gets you to a place of compassion quicker? That's what, what I'm working with right now is, mm-hmm. Because it can be triggering to say, well, what part of you resonates with that? Because it's kind of a, another way of saying, how you, how's this your fault? You know, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and that's true. And yet it's also like maybe a different way to look at it is why are you open to this experience? When I had that coworker screaming at me, it, trust me, consciously, I did not feel like I was open to this, but I will tell you. The emotional growth that I've gone through, the the long road back to reclaiming all my pieces after that, because it was really hard on me in the sense that I wanted to not just forgive in terms of lip service. And so that, you know, I've shared with you ladies everything that I learned about what forgiveness meant to me and, you know, all of that. Do I want to be in the same room with her? Not really. Can I be? Yeah. I can look at her and completely have compassion and an understanding of why she reacted to that, uh, that way, how she got to that place. I can remember points in my life where I didn't exactly lash out that way, but that emotional rigmarole that she was going through, I completely get it. I have been her kind. Um, And so I think that helps me in terms of like, that's to me what I hear when I, when someone says, where in this, does this resonate with you? It's like, what part of me gets it? Like, I get it. And I think every one of us, there's a part of the most compassionate person that will kill if you threaten someone, a child, or, you know, we can get there. There, So that to me is how I take that. Where in this, is it resonating with you? Where do you really get where that person's coming from? And now can you use that not to change them, but to change your Mm -hmm. reaction on how you're going to handle them? Because they've got to do their own grow, right? All you can do is say, this is my boundary. Do not cross it. And certainly do not cross it in that state that you are in. So does that make sense? I like your word of compassion. That's what I was thinking. But you, the way you were still describing it, in that compassion, that's fine. That's that's one way to look at it. That's why I'm trying to grasp if you, either one of you both, then go into your compassion is seen instead of like her, I can resonate with her. I understand where she's coming from, but I'm not going to engage it because, you know, it's not where I am. Yeah. But is there a part of you that can also say, all right, if that's 
my vibrational match and I've brought this to me, can I send, you know, unconditional love and compassion for that part of me, you know, that needs healing? Do then, do you see that person as you? Do you need healing or do you need to, you know, when I went through this, yeah, there's parts of me, I could say need healing, but there was also parts where if she was open to it, I was ready to help her. Like I, I, but, I but I guess I'm out of that pit. So, right. But I, uh, the reason, I, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but she is that. not her. She is you. If nothing is external, that's how I'm trying yeah. to, because if we're going to say this, nothing's external. And we're going to say that everybody is us an expression of us. We're all one. Then we've got to identify that at some point that she is not an individual. She is you. Right. Yeah. So, but I mean, that can't be all the time because we're not always in that mode, but so when you're saying you don't need to be healed and you're saying maybe she needs healing, are we, I'm just trying to understand. No, this no, no. And, 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 right? you know, and I say that, but yet I also just said, and I healed. So um, <laughs> it gets confusing. And it does. But, but, so here's the thing. This okay. is the metaphor that always helps me. And I know I, I've, I've mentioned that to you ladies before, when you have a dream and you are so pissed off, at your spouse or whatever, or whoever, your best friend, who's just being horrible, or you're terrified and you're fleeing for your life from something. And then you wake up and you realize it was the kind of dream or it was just a dream. Everybody in that dream is you. Everybody in that dream is you. When you're in the dream, though, it certainly doesn't feel like it. So when I'm trying to get to that whole like, okay, everything is me. And I want to kill that part of me that's in that freaking car. That's also part of me on this road. That is also part of me. You know, it's like, I'm in the dream. Got it. I'm in the dream. So everybody is separate while I'm in the dream. Can I emotionally take a vacation and go up and wake up a little bit out of the dream, catch my breath like a two-year-old needing timeout, and then reintroduce yourself into the dream. So that's how I do it. I'm like, okay, I'm looking at levels here. Sometimes I can't operate on walking through the dream. I can't keep up the fact that that dual mentality or that I feel like the word dual is, is a cuss word now. Um, But you know, can I, I, sometimes I can walk with that duality um, where I'm, I know I'm in the dream. I'm lucid living. I'm lucid dreaming. Right. And sometimes I just have to acknowledge I'm in the dream and I do not see them as separate. I can intellectually say that, but I cannot emotionally or spiritually operate from there right now. Okay. That's where we're at today. I like that definition. So, right. Conceptually, you get it. Yeah. But emotionally and spiritually in that. I'm not walking. Sometimes you can't apply it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not walking. Which is just because you're a a human, you know, so you're not expected to be something that you're not. You're human. So that's a good. That's great. Thank you. That's a good uh, expression of that. Heather, did I have you want one, to? I have yeah. one to expand upon that. Also, when you're feeling like that, sometimes you can always ask, how do I come from grace? Because I do that sometimes when I have coworkers and I just don't want to engage with them because they are on, they're on a good one. And I'm like, how do I come from grace on this? And then, yeah. And it's just, it, it helps calm me down. And, and it just was like, yeah, yeah, I don't have to engage. I can just not say anything. And it helps a lot. You know, to build on what you just said, um, I'm in the middle of all these audible books, uh, the Inspector Gamash series. It's, you know, murder. Um, and he, the, like, the lead character is super wise and kind. And he's he tells his uh, fellow detectives, because he's the head detective, 
Um, you don't need to know any of this. Three things. Is it true? Is it kind? Does it need to be said? And I've been using that. And it's really cool. There are moments where I'm like, oh, you're so lucky. I got this would be so good to say right now. And I'm not going to because it does not need to be said. You know, it's like so much does not need to be said. Right. But I like those parameters. Is it true? What's the, is it true? Is it Where is that what you're about from? to say? Is what you're oh, about, what to, you're say about to say oh, okay. Or are you just oh. trying to hurt someone? Oh, or is okay. it gossip? Or, you know, is it true? Is what you're going to say kind? Does it, if it's neither of those things, does it need to be said? Sometimes it is like you're about to run over someone. Stop. You know, like that's true. It's true. You may not be kind if you're like, God damn it. You know, like, but it needs to be said because somebody's going to be hurt. Sometimes it needs to be said, even though it's not kind because, well, it might not feel good for them to hear, but it might be for their best interest, you know, or, you know, I'm trying to come up with examples. I don't know. But if you can go through that checklist, I know for me, at least a lot less talkative these past couple of days. <laughs> so what if you believe it's true? Then does it need to be said? Oh, does it, it need never needs to be said. Be and it's probably never, okay. come, but it can be true, right? But it, yeah, it can be, be true, said. but does it need to be just, said? I just need to go through life. Does it need to be said? Which is true. I, I don't say what I used to say because most of the time it didn't need to be said and it wasn't kind. So, yeah. So going back to that place, Heather, when we last finished your sentence, when you said that um, if someone was doing something and you didn't want to engage in that, so it came to you, you're saying, no, you know, I'm not going to react to that. I'm not going to get caught up in that. That's not where I'm coming from. I don't need to be angry. I don't need to be combative. Does that then change your vibration at that point? So that the, the match is no longer, you know, compatible or compatible, and then it they'll does. just fight with someone else. So that your choice changes your vibration. Yeah. It's kind of like, like, say, say you're, say you're on public transit and you see a irate homeless person just losing their stuff. And I, I really feel if you're on a vibration, you know, that there's like your warning bells are going off in hand. No, you don't need to go over there, but also you're going to, you're fine and you are protected. I do believe that like I, your internal, your internal dialogue is going to tell you, no, you don't need to go that way. And also, and also you will be safe because there is no vibrational match anymore. You know what I mean? It's interesting because I don't know how to, I would imagine it, it's kind of neat to think about all these entities, these people, I'm going to call them entities for lack, you know, humans, if you will, and seen and unseen are coming about. And some get in our way. And like you say, and then it goes back to what Angela said, the attention, our attention goes to them because we're, there's something, whether it's, we're in, in that heart place at the moment, or like Heather said, maybe that place of vibrational anger somewhere out, maybe you were hurt, you know, or whatever, and whatever you are seeing, it's almost like a conveyor belt at a cafeteria that goes by, you pick what food you want, right? And, <laughs> yeah. and you're, you're picking what you're going to engage in and then spitting it back out you know, after you've had the experience, but you have the choice to just let everything go by. I mean, I guess there's, or do we? No. Or do we? No, not, well, not for me. It hasn't gone by because when something comes up, Mm -hmm. I'll start feeling it physically. And I know that there's density there, there's soul history. And I'm like, okay, I recognize that this is there. And then I'll just wait. That's when I wait for whatever for me to recognize. And I used to have to vocalize it. Oh, this is where you know, um, 
kind of, I guess it would be labeled, but I said, oh, I recognize that in my past, you know, as a child, I got really upset and this is where it was traumatizing for me. And now I'm just at the point where I, I just watch the emotions go and I feel the emotions go, but I don't need to talk about it. I don't need to label it. I don't need to identify it. I just understand that this is where this past wound has come up and now it's going You because know, I feel into it. I'll go for it. I'm sorry, I cut you. No, I was just going to say, because I feel into it. I just, I felt the whole emotions go by me like an emotional movie, I guess you'd say. Um, a metaphor that I've been using lately. And again, this is uh, for people who will not spiritual bypass. <laughs> um, so I, I was remembering this scene from the TV show, The Good Place. I loved that show. So they're in the afterlife. And one of the characters, her, did I tell you guys this? No, okay. I don't recall it. Her only test, she's very vain. In life, she was very vain and she was like in the know. And um, she just has to walk down the hallway and not open any of the doors. But on either side of the doors is everybody she's ever known and they're talking about her. Mm. And so she's like, okay, <laughs> going down the hallway. And, you know, she's reading the plaque to see like who's talking about her. She's like, oh. Nope. Okay. Just keep going down the hallway. Just keep going down the hall. And then finally she gives in because it's her parents and she'd had a problem with her parents all her life. So she like goes in and, and talks to them. And then she comes back out and goes to the end, and goes to the door. And Maya Angelou's the, the spiritual judge. And she's like, you had, you had one job and you failed it. Like, what's the problem? And I thought when I watched it, I was like, how can you not do that? And then I thought, well, every thought we have is a door that does not need to be open as we go through the day. Like, can you walk by that door and not, not give in to the temptation to open that door and follow that thought and have that conversation in your mind and, and daydream about that. Or can you just, I catch myself when I do that. Yeah. And then I stop. That's a very like, human thing yeah. to do. Yeah. yeah. So I imagine now my hand on the door handle mm. and yeah. I let that go. And that, that's so great. that's a little visual I have. Right. And then I find the emotions around it tend to disappear. Now, this is this is for the the crap you think about when you're in traffic. This isn't for like someone, you know, obviously in front of you having you're having a real life experience. I'm talking about those times during the day where you start to regurgitate things for no reason. It's like just to get into an emotional state that you're more familiar with versus trying to stay on the happy and high vibe. I, I notice sometimes when that when that happens is that it's like, like my internal, my internal self is going over all the the stuff, all the, my life stream, you know what I mean? And like, does this need to be, you know, does what's coming up for review so that it can go? <laughs> well, that's yeah. positive coming up for, I would, I tend to, I would resonate with like what Angela's saying that if it's coming up, if I'm in a place where it's quiet and I start thinking about what other people did or shouldn't or should do. I'm going to place a judgment, which means that obviously I'm trying to make myself feel better for feeling, you know, some self-worth issues or some disappointment. So if I go to the place of judgment, I'm feeling, I'm going to puff myself up. And those yeah. would be the door, those little rooms of like, how can I make myself feel good today? Let's look at their life. Okay. Let's look what they did. Right? So, so but that's like our wounding, right? Right. So you're saying then, Heather, when it comes up, your understanding it needs to be just something that's coming up for review. So you're not looking at it as, okay, obviously I'm judging them. So if that comes up and I start going in this place, if, if I'm judging, then I should, 
I should under just you're you're saying part of you just accepts okay it's coming up so I can see it yeah it's coming up because I'll think about what's the undercurrent of it like what's the Mm -hmm. theme here and does it resonate with me and then I realize you know oh this is part of my wounding that's coming up whether whether it this is my heart center saying hey take a look like this is coming up so that you know it's recognized and whether I need to say okay However, however you yourself reconciles this energy that comes up. Does that make sense? It, it does, but I guess because we're such all individual, you know, we're all yeah. have our own um, history behind it and our mm-hmm. own remedies, if you will, our own right. acknowledgements. Um, and I guess until you're in it, you, it's hard to work with it, you know, but do you have any, how about, do you have any examples? Like there's something that comes up all the time for either one of you, you don't have to give names, but something, maybe a person does, or, you know, something you see in the news and it comes up and it puts this emotion out in you. And every time you see it or hear it, it just bugs you, you know, is there something like that, that we can talk about, maybe give a, a good example of how, um, okay. I'll throw one at you because, you know, I, um, I'm not on um, social media much, but uh, when when I am on, I tend to always get, you know, the little bit of the cringes when I see people doing their, and I tease the word brag, maybe the the goal is to brag, um, but just that those kind of posts where it's like, look at me, look what, you know, my people are doing or what I've done or what I've had. And those just always just make me cringe a bit. Um, and so it comes up, it just, I just feel... I just, I'm just like, why do they think that's important? So, okay. So that's a moving target that goes across that. I, it always makes me feel the same way. I'm never like good for you. I'm like, roll the eyes. Here we go again. So that's something that would come up for me. Oh, and so when, when Chad watches the sports thing and they are doing like hours long tributes before a basketball game, during a basketball game, because a basketball player is about to like hit some major mark. It's like, play the goddamn game. By the way, educators should get more money. You know, like I am full blown in the background, not just, I am like verbally rolling my eyes and Chad is like, let me have this. Let me enjoy this. (laughs) Okay. So let's, let's decipher that. Why then, if it's a reclaimed thing, and it's and we insert ourselves into it because we're not. It's not even involving right. us, but we're because so, you're coming from a place ourselves. of lack. Yeah, I feel a place that, of lack on that. Well, now I'm coming from a place of fear. Like there's so many people that need. Yeah, that. I would think mine. Is, well, fear is lack, but so if is, nothing was external, yeah. oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So if nothing's external, they're the stupid part of me. <laughs> No, you've got no. And see, I would have, I would have seen that. I would have, I would have looked looked at it that as like lack, because you're, you're, you're looking at the teachers in lack, and you're also looking at yourself being in lack because you don't have that money that, but the players do. Do you think that's well? Yes, I agree. And to me, though, it's not about money. It's all the energy that is being right. They could be doing something different and more helpful. People aren't looking. People are looking externally to fix a hole that I'm like, it's time now you got to look in. So, and money, don't get me wrong (laughs) and money, but yeah, it's judgment. It's judgment on ourselves and judgment on them. Yeah, And and to build off of what, because I agree with what Heather's saying, what what I will do with myself is I'll think, okay, why do I need, if I'm connected to the divine, if I am so much that I'm actually the divine, why do I have to feel bad about 
what they're doing. What they're doing. I'm as mm-hmm. I'm the divine as much as they are. So mm-hmm. you know, so I do I they're calm myself down yeah. after I mouth off about how <laughs> stupid it is. Cause you got to get that out of the body. And then, you know, I'm like, okay, what is this like, like a, a different way of saying what Heather um, has been saying the way my mind or heart expresses itself. It's like, you know, why am I forgetting that I'm the divine right now? Why am I needing something from outside to make my heart feel calm right now? I did that the other way. Cause when I, when I was discovering, I was like, oh, so I'm walking, we're all walking around wounded, right? The wounded, the wounded spirit. So then I was like, okay, so they're, they're wounded and they're wounded. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm not seeing them in their divine self. I'm not seeing them as this energetic being having a spiritual moment on earth. I'm Mm -hmm. looking at them as they're wounded. So because I'm looking at them at their wounded, they're looking at me at my wounding. So when I stop looking at them at their wounding, they're not going to look at me at my wounding because I have no wounding. Yeah. And you know what else? I, um, Alongside that, uh, sort of a, for me, a more easy practical application in life. When I look at like- What do you say? I'm not practical? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be wounded. Um, When I look at the LeBron thing, I think, yeah, but if he was my cousin or someone dear to me, how proud would I be for him right now? How much would I want the world to celebrate his accomplishment? You know, when I can personalize it to the point where- I am proud of him. Or like when I saw the Super Bowl half t- uh, Super Bowl lead up and I was like, really people, it's a football game. But if one of my friends was a dancer in that, or, you know, like if I can personalize it as someone that I care about, I like I make them a, someone I care about. Then all of a sudden I'm like, this is, I'm the biggest cheerleader, you know? So if I have to um, fall in love with that person. Quite frankly, I have to I have to find a way to fall in love with that person so that I can see the situation. And then that opens Is that spiritual up. bypassing? No, because well, for me, it's not because I'm still acknowledging, like, wow, this is pissing me off. Well, but if I actually loved them though, I wouldn't see it as a threat. I would see it as what it is. A soul mm-hmm. that made an amazing accomplishment that has no bearing on my accomplishments. Like right. I suddenly am not judging as theirs are better than mine. I'm just mm. happy for them. So, right. um, which to me doesn't feel like emotional. I, I feel like I'm hitting all the marks. It doesn't feel like I'm spiritually bypassing when I okay. do that. Yeah. Cool. Stephanie. <laughs> She's like, hmm. <laughs> no, no, I think that was really good because it actually gave me some insight to my own issue by having. You don't like LeBron either? No, no. I have no problem with LeBron or anyone who. <laughs> I just, because that's not my issue, right? Like I'm not coming because you're a person is coming from a place of you're wanting to help. You're wanting to, to make the world a better place. You're wanting to change things. And, and perhaps when you see these people quote unquote, wasting money or resources where, gosh, I wish they could just do more because, you know, there's a bunch of us that want to make a difference and, you know, your assets could help us, you know, that's a whole different, but no, but when you were talking, but it did help me understand when you were talking about your own wounding and Heather was saying, so in these cases where I'm seeing these people uh, do things that, you know, that makes me roll my eyes, I'm seeing that as in a judgment part, they need to show the world why, you know, why they're great, why they're a great mother, a worker, a wife, or whatever. And I see the core of that because I would never do that. I don't, I don't, I don't 
advertise my life, you know, and I don't tell anybody what I'm doing when I'm whatever, but that doesn't mean I don't have my own, um, you know, uh, self-worth issues, or I don't seek my validation in different ways. So I'm recognizing their need for validation, only theirs is being hung out with posters and pictures and whatever. And I keep mine hidden and I bug the crap out of the people around me here. Oh, I'm looking for my validation, right? So I think kids, this is a huge one because I think now, let's see in a couple of days, if I can look at these posts and not do the, you know, the, the slot machine eyeballs and just be like, look good for them. You know, that <laughs> would least, be healing. Understanding, be like, I get it. Recognizing, get it. right. Yeah. So that's really do it that way, but I get interesting. It. Like, right. Yeah. Because again, it, 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 it's so easy when we say that everyone is our mirror, but we can't see the connection because the connection is not exactly the same. It's yeah. hidden, right? It's, it may reflect differently. And I see now mine is reflecting differently, but yet what that might be. Very exciting. See, look at this. Always an opportunity for therapy and healing in these moments. <laughs> insight. Maybe not even healing, but it's certainly insight and um, comforting, compassion and love. Very exciting. Anything you want to wrap up or share, Heather, on that note with uh, insight? I think for everyone right now, like uh, Stephanie, you were saying before we started recording is uh, just going within. Just... Uh, what does what does your just being look like? What does it what does it mean to you to just be and go from there? Yeah. Attention versus intention. Exactly. All right, listeners, thank you so much for tuning into the Three Intuitive Healers Podcast Show. We hope you're able to find the healing magic within. Thank you for listening to us on the Three Intuitive Healers podcast show. Remember, when we open ourselves to healing, we positively affect our environment. This podcast represents the opinion of the Three Intuitive Healers and their guests to the show. The content should not be taken as medical or psychological advice and is for informational and entertainment purposes only. Each person is unique, so please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we share is accurate, no guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made in this podcast. 